You're listening to More Than a Song, Episode 3. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. In this episode, I'll be pointing us to scripture found in Toby Mac's song, Speak Life. We're only in episode three of this podcast, so if you haven't listened to episode one, I encourage you to do so. It will give you the background to the creation of this podcast. You can find episode one at michellekneesat.com forward slash one. If you haven't heard the song Speak Life yet, I have a link to the official lyrics video found online in the show notes for today's episode. Just log into michellekneesat.com forward slash three. So let's get right into this episode. So speak life, speak life, to the deadest, darkest night. Speak life, speak life, when the sun won't shine and you don't know why. Look into the eyes of the brokenhearted, watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope, you speak love, you speak. You speak Today, I will be unpacking the song, Speak Life, by Toby Mac. What I love about current Christian music is that it many times identifies a problem that people are struggling with or longing for and puts words to it. I really think this is why this song resonates with so many people. Now, immediately from the title, I get the sense that there is an opposite to speaking life. When my girls were early readers, one of their favorite books was the opposite book. And we could read it over and over and over again. And in the book, it highlighted a stove and next to it would say hot. And maybe it would highlight a freezer and it would say cold. It would show a a dinosaur with a long neck and it would say long and then another dinosaur with a short neck and it would be short. And they loved to go over the opposites and it was a pop-up book so that made it even more fun for them. And so I want us to maybe think of some opposites today. Let's just practice. Let's play the opposite game together. If I say hot, you say cold. If I say long, you say short. And if I say life, did you say death? I hope so, because that will help us jump right into scripture in Proverbs 18, 21. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible, if you open your Bible to the middle, you will be probably around the book of Psalms. The book of Proverbs is right after that. And uh, if you don't have a Bible at home, I'd you, you can go online. There are many online resources. BibleGateway.com is one of them. If you have a smartphone or a tablet, I use Version is the Bible app that I use. And you're able to look up those verses and you can look up Proverbs, click on 18 and 21, and it will bring it out to you. Now, it's really important that you don't just listen to this podcast without exploring it further in the Bible. I know that you're probably doing something else. When I'm listening to podcasts, I'm generally in my car or washing dishes or something like that. A friend uh, was listening to our podcast this week, Cutting the Grass. And so I know that you're probably not pulling your Bible out um, while you're doing those things, but it's important not to skip this step. So when you have a chance, I really want you to look up the verses that I'm going to be discussing today. 
I will have links to all of the scriptures and the resources that I talk about in my show notes. Again, you can find those online for episode three. So when you get a chance, look it up. I really want you to see it for yourself. And I want you to explore a little around where we're studying and kind of see all of that in context as well. So if you find Proverbs 18.21, you will see that it teaches us that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Huh? Sometimes if you listen to a verse and you're thinking, I don't really understand what they're saying there, it is helpful to look that same verse up in a different translation. And so if um, that particular version was the English Standard Version, but if I read the same verse in the New Living Translation, it reads, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Now that makes a whole lot more sense. And I think you then begin to see uh, the other translation that that makes sense too. You can really understand that it's something that the tongue has this power and that, but we are going to reap the consequences of it. Now we went over our little opposite game. And I think that's interesting because most things cannot be Um, the the opposite cannot be true of one thing. So a stove is not going to be hot and cold at the same time. But the tongue, it has special powers. And it can produce life or death is in the power of the tongue. And that's pretty crazy. So when I look up the word power in the Hebrew, of course, the original language of most of the Old Testament is Hebrew. The original language of New Testament would be Greek. And I did a quick word study on the word power. I have to admit that I went into it with some preconceived ideas. I thought that it probably meant strength or might or something like that. But when I read it in the original Hebrew, I don't read Hebrew. When I read the alliteration and the definition of it on the word study, I realized that the word for power is hand. A hand, I just didn't understand that. But the more that I looked at it, it's biyad, that's the Hebrew word. And 95% of the time, it was translated hand. So quite literally, death and life is in the hand of the tongue. More practically, the way that we talk, what comes from our tongues is in our hands. The tongue holds a lot of power. And how we use that power is our choice. It's interesting because the tongue is a pretty small part of our body and it holds that kind of power. And it's so interesting that the word is hand because I've been using those words. It holds. Those are what hands do. It just makes sense that the power, it's in our hands of what we do with our tongue. All right, so let's examine some of our words. I would like to kind of go along with that same theme. We've got death and life in the power of our tongue. And so I want to talk about maybe words of death that we speak and words of life that we speak and maybe talk about the context that we that we use those words. Um, to begin with, I think that there are so many, you've, you've heard venomous words of death. Just people who... Uh, and it's an extreme where they cut people down or they um, curse them and they curse the world and they curse their circumstances. And these are words of death. And of course, the opposite to that would be words of life. And I just can't even think about any stronger words of life that we speak than those words that lead others to Christ. Because those words are eternal life-giving words. And so it's so important 
Words are just super powerful. As you can tell, I mean, I you're listening to me right now and I'm using my words to communicate. And I'm hoping that the words that at the end of the day, that these words will bring life to you. And so again, just co- contemplating that the power that our tongue has. So let's look at some of those deadly words and some of the life-giving words. So on, on the deadly side, I can think of careless words that we speak. I uh, Those words that we speak without thinking. And I think those can take up a lot of the words of our days. And we can speak carelessly. And some people use deadly words and um, words that bring death to others carelessly. And then they add the just kidding behind it to kind of make it better. But I personally, it's a pet peeve of mine because I feel like a lot of times when people say that, they're really saying what they mean. And then to soften the blow, they say just kidding. But on the opposite side of that, or on the other hand, pun intended, words of hope and inspiration could be those words of life. So instead of these careless words, we're going to think about what we're saying before we say it and not speak words that will tear people down, but words that will give hope and inspiration. What about mocking words, those that cut down, those that ridicule? I, I see this a lot. Just just be a people watcher for a while. Uh, you see wives cutting down or ridiculing their husbands or husbands cutting down and ridiculing their wives. They'll do it in public. And those are words of death. So what would be the opposite of that? Well, the opposite of mocking might be comforting or encouraging words instead of, I told you that would happen, or you always, or you never, or this, and just a cutting down kind of scenario. Use words of hope and encouragement, comfort, and uh, again, just real forward thinking, positive words of life. This is going to take some intention because if you have careless words or mocking words in your habit, uh, it's going to take some intention to replace those words with life-giving words, but I think half the battle is just really recognizing those words that we speak. What about false words? False words can bring death to careers. False words can bring, I mean, there it's incredible amount of power that false words, but what about that true word, the word of truth that can bring a balm to the soul, the word of truth that sometimes are hard to say, but are the right thing to do? How about slanderous words versus uplifting words? One that's completely intended to tear down and to assign character that is not necessarily there versus uplifting words or really trying to speak vision and future into the lives. I think about my children and I think sometimes about the opportunity that they would have to either speak truth or speak falsely. And sometimes they choose to speak falsely about small things, things like, did you wash your hands? <laughs> did you uh, finish that project? Uh, and they, they choose to speak falsely versus truth. Of course, that's that death, that, that opposite there. But what about when I can call them on it? I'm their parent. I have to train them. But I can either say and, be, and slander their character and say that they are liars Or I can inspire and uplift them and say, you are not this. Don't let this choice define you. 
Choose wisely next time. You are not a liar. You are a child of God and and truth lives within you. And so truth should be coming out of you. I'm not saying that that um, we don't have these tough conversations. But I'm saying sometimes we slander even our those that we love and we assign character to them instead of using our positive words to train and uplift and mold. What about indecent words? These are just poisonous words and they destroy the soul and they are prevalent in our society. You can't turn on the TV, the news, just television shows. Indecent words are used and laughed about and and then you're considered judgmental if you would rather that they would use pure words. But just think of those two words in, in contrast. I would love for us to have pure words coming from our mouths and that we would begin to remove those indecent words that really don't lift up and and, uh, don't build up and don't bring life. G.H.C. McGregor, in his sermon on the power of speech, says, Kind words take the place of cruel words. And every kind word that is uttered makes this world more like heaven For where slander begets hate, kindness begets love. And I just think if you really ponder it, you can see. And you've had people speak words of life to you. And they were life-giving and they were vision-casting and you could walk into it. And I have had friends whose parents spoke death to them and they walked straight into the trap of death that those words laid for them. And so my prayer for you is that our words over our spouses, our words over and to our children, our words over our friends, what are we saying about our friends behind their back? What are we saying? How are we treating them to their faces? Even our words over our situations. How many times are the words that are coming out of our mouths speaking death instead of hope and encouragement and life and vision and future into our situations? My challenge to you is that in all of these areas and more, that we would become uh, ha- uh, make a habit of speaking life. Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Broken, live or die What if you are in a pit of despair in your relationships? Perhaps it's a pit you dug yourself with your own words of death. Perhaps it's a pit you fell into that was dug by another person with their words of death. Let me encourage you. Speak life. Scripture tells us that we will eat the fruit of our words. So speak life. So speak life, speak life. To the deadest, darkest night. Speak life, speak life. When the sun will shine and you don't know why. What if a mountain looms before you? Impossible circumstances. Speak life. Whether it's a mountain in front of you or an actual person, an impossible circumstance found in a person, hope, love, and faith come from life-giving words. Well, it's crazy to imagine words from my lips as the arms of compassion. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. Another scripture that uses this word, bayad, again, hand, 
uh, translated in our scripture today, power, is found in Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 4. It says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. Hands right there being biyad. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. And I love that scripture because I, it just makes me think, again, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And maybe we have marred our relationships using that power, speaking words of death. Maybe we have marred situations in our life that we have spoken words of death. But just like the potter with this marred pot in his hands and he can start over and reshape it into another pot as seems best to him, we can start over in these circumstances. We can reshape these relationships. We can reshape these circumstances with our words of life. I know that it's a hard habit to break, but I challenge you this week to speak life. Now, before we leave, you know I can't leave without talking about context. And reading, um, again, in the past I've said context might be verses around where you're reading the chapter before the chapter after. Proverbs are a little bit tricky because Proverbs, by definition, are just many lessons in and of themselves. So this one verse is kind of a standalone lesson. If you read the lessons around it, it really doesn't have anything to do with speaking life. And so for Proverbs to look to the context, we're going to go and look at the author and maybe who the intended audience was and who the, what the purpose is for this book of Proverbs. So where do we go? Well, let's go to Proverbs chapter 1. And it says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. So there we have it. There's the author, Solomon. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. So what a wonderful explanation of what the purpose of Proverbs is and how it goes right along with what I'm trying to tell you. Even if you have some of this wisdom that I've shared today, you can get even wiser by applying these words. The purpose of these Proverbs is to help us live disciplined and successful lives, to do what is right and good. And it gives us insight and knowledge and discernment. So spend some time in the Proverbs, even around this verse, and uh, continue to gain wisdom. Lift your head a little higher. Spread the love like fire. Hope will fall like rain when you speak life with the words you say. Raise your thoughts a little higher. Use your words to inspire. Now, remember how I mentioned that the tongue is such a small part of our body that 
to have power like life and death in such a small portion of our body is pretty crazy. Well, James speaks to this as well in the third chapter of his letter. And I'm pretty sure you read that this week because I we were talking about James chapter one last week and I said, hey, let's sit down and read the whole book of James. So I'm sure you read it, but in case you didn't, he says, look at the ships. Though they are so large, they are driven by strong winds. They are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Now, to be frank, I really want you to read the rest of the story in James chapter 3 where he's talking about this because he really is talking about how the, how the tongue can be quite evil and that um, a lot of evil can be set af- ablaze by our small tongue. But Toby Mack, just in that those uh, words that you just heard, really is calling us higher. If the tongue can set a fire, let's let it be a fire of love that spreads like crazy. And he challenges us in the song to lift our heads higher, raise our thoughts higher, and use our words to inspire, spread love, hope, and joy. And that is just what I hope you will do this week as you meditate on Proverbs 18.21 and are reminded of its truth every time you hear this song. So remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So speak life. I mentioned something in this episode that may have raised a question for some of you, and that is the idea of Bible translations. Perhaps you're not even sure what I mean by Bible translations, or you're overwhelmed by the number of options available to you. I want to recommend a fantastic resource that does a great job of saying exactly what I would say to answer your questions. I've placed a link to Keith Farron's podcast on the four Bible translations he uses most and why he uses them. His answer is very thorough and spot on, so I encourage you to check out that resource. Finally, just three quick announcements. To comment on this episode, go to my blog at michellenizat.com forward slash three. Also, I've created memory verse resources to go along with this lesson that you can download and print out to place strategically in your home, car, or office to remind you of Proverbs 1821. I've also created desktop and smartphone wallpapers with Proverbs 1821 front and center. To get these resources free each week, you'll need to subscribe to my blog. It's super easy. Just go to the homepage of michellenizat.com and look on the uh, subscription box right there. Just type in your name and email address. Finally, my next podcast will be on Mandisa's song, Overcomer. If you have a question or comment about this topic, please leave me a voicemail at michellekneesat.com forward slash podcast question. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. I'd be grateful if you would rate my podcast on iTunes. That helps tremendously with keeping my podcast visible so people who've never heard of it can discover it. So just go to michellekneesat.com forward slash review and it will take you to the page that you can click to launch iTunes and leave a review. If you've already done this, thank you so much. I'm grateful. If you'd like to comment on this episode, just go to michellekneesat.com forward slash three where you'll find the show notes for this episode. Scroll down to the comment section. I would love to hear from you. Comment, question, or whatever. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.